0: Hey there, everybody. We're back with the Everybody Counts podcast. Tonight, we are talking about Season 6, Episode 6. It's titled The Ace Hotel. It was written by Alex Minahan and directed by Zetna Fuentes. I'm here with two folks tonight. Pete couldn't join us, so Carter is filling in. Yeah. And Jay is here. What's up? Hello, So You still have three of us to share our opinions. And
1: They thought they were getting off easy. Nope.
0: Nope, nope, it's still a lot. So we usually uh, start out with our case review and then we'll move on to the interrogation room where we ask each other some questions, the persons of interest segment where we highlight someone that we thought was particularly interesting in the episode. We'll look at the evidence during our evidence locker segment and then move on to the tip line where we have some feedback from some listeners. And if anybody has a trivia question, we might have to wing it this time guys. Cause you know, officer Pete's not here with his big trivia. So, and this particular episode has a, a large presence with Agent Reese. So we have added to this podcast, you'll hear an interview with Julianne Emery, who plays Agent Sylvia Reese. And you know what? This is interesting. I don't think did we ever have we ever heard her called Sylvia? Isn't she always just called Reese? Agent Reese? That's all I know. I only
2: noticed her first name on one of like the computers and they showed her on the call and it showed her Oh yeah
0: At yeah I, don't, I mean like maybe we have heard it just it just was kind of striking to me that it's always just Reese or Agent Reese All right well let's get into it we dropped off in episode 5 with the big reveal thanks to Jay Edgar and his handy computer knowledge finding that video footage of Alicia Kent in her living room just walking around i think maybe having a drink or something when she was supposed to be tied up and that kind of busted her big time And then the next big reveal after that is that her attorney is Honey Chandler. (laughs) So that was an interesting couple of interesting surprises in a row. We said that that, you know, that particular episode of the season was was pretty much a game changer. So now it's kind of like put the pedal to the metal because it just goes from here with with the Kent murder investigation. So we first see Alicia talking to Honey Chandler. And she goes over with her basically what the cops have on her, what they found, you know, the video, the text, you know. And Honey's basically, correct me if I'm wrong, she's basically asking her questions about what's been made known. She's not really, yeah, she's not digging deep, but I don't think that's what her role is. What do you think, Jay?
1: No, I agree. I think she's just trying to, uh, kind of get a a grasp on everything Mm -hmm. because she's Miss. I got to figure a way around all the rules and all the
0: laws. So let me just get a quick, get the facts. Uh, Yeah. What am I up against kind of thing? Yeah. 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 And then we do see her in talking with the police officers in one of the rooms and they're, you know, she's basically saying, Oh, she's kind of downplaying. All you really have is, you know, a a nanny cam video or whatever. And they talk about the conspiracy element, especially with the the text that they have, that even though Alicia Kent did not come out and say she was involved or suggest any idea or anything. She is involved because of the texts and the fact that she was not tied up the whole time. So clearly she was involved and they, you know, they talk about the conspiracy to murder someone that element and Chandler says you know she'll talk to the DA so who wants to talk about what the DA comes back with the, the guys Harry and Jay Edgar they're not real excited about what the DA comes back with it's it's DDA deputy District attorney Kennedy he's the one they're working with right now and what does he have on the table basically
1: nothing <laughs> well really it's nothing what was it two years a two years I think plans? so yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. They're only interested in, in getting all the information and putting the real bad guys away. No, this woman, two years, I'm not happy yeah. about it either, Bosh. That's, you know, nope. I know, justice needs to be done and you kind of get what you can get and you want to get
0: all the big apples, not just the little low hanging fruit, but two years. Come I up. mean, yeah, they're, they're disappointed. And, and then, you know, Harry points out that somebody died. It doesn't matter how high profile your case looks or what you can get politically from it or anything. We need to find the real killers, you know, of this guy. So all
2: really Kennedy had was saying that, Oh, it's an FBI agent. So that's a lot, but like, yeah, that's all he really was able to say to Harry and Edgar mm-hmm. when they asked why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He didn't okay. have a much of a better explanation. So we go back into an interrogation room, but this time it's DDA Kennedy, Harry, Jay Edgar on one side and Alicia Kent and Chandler on the other side. So some interesting information here. I mentioned this in our recap as well. We were excited that we got to be on the set for this episode, uh, my family. So Carter was there with us and we could hear them in the background before they started up with this next scene. They were saying, would she have her jewelry or not? Oh, I talked to Mitzi and she said she wouldn't have her jewelry on. So it was just really fun to hear, you know, right there in action that they really do consult on really even what we might consider a small detail about what would be authentic. So they, they took Alicia Kent's jewelry away. You'll know she's wearing a necklace and earrings and stuff when she's first talking to honey. But then when she's in the interrogation with the cops, that, that jewelry is gone. So that was purposeful. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think Carter can tell you something interesting about Titus in, in watching these scenes be filmed.
2: um, He definitely doesn't seem to stay as in character as Some actors might, he he's walking around cracking a lot of jokes between the takes and this is a pretty serious scene he had yeah and he was visibly angry in the scene also so it was quite the quite the contrast
0: yeah it's really impressive how he can just get shift right back to that you know he's angry he's on a mission and then you know he's cracking jokes between takes so he had told us that in one of our interviews i think jay and uh but we we saw that firsthand yeah he can be he can be a lot of fun uh, in between takes so and and when i say takes it was take after take after take we got to talk to some of the sound folks and uh, you know a lot of people know this already but but we we did see that they, they film obviously from different angles but they film many many takes at least it seemed like a lot to us and so it was you know it was seeing we, we probably could have when we left the day we probably could have spouted this whole scene all the dialogue <laughs> from memory, because we heard it so many times but um you
2: know, they said the more characters in one scene the longer it takes they got to do all the different angles on all the characters faces mm-hmm. and
1: then groups of characters and it's
2: just
0: yeah, yeah. So, Gosh, and it, it must it's a be lot of work. It's so
1: horrible to have to sit through all those takes. You're right. <laughs> must just be
0: so awful. <laughs> hey, it wasn't hard on us. It was hard on them. Or maybe not. They're actors. That's that's their thing. So, um but it it seemed to us that that would be difficult to, you know, maintain that presence, but that's their job. That's what they do. They're actors. Yep. Um so it, it was it was really fun. And we also hot tip, you may know this already too, but there's a lot of food on a set. At least this set on the Bosch set. There's a snack room, there's snack areas at different times of the day, and then you have a full spread for a meal. So we we ate well that day. We really did. That was a lot of fun, but that's where we are now. They're talking to Alicia Kent and she's basically at this point kind of going over the plan as she tells it, which, you know, when they leave this scene, they don't think that's the whole story. Jay, do you want to talk about how she describes what they were supposedly planning? Cause she said she wasn't planning to kill her husband or no one was, that was not part of the idea at all.
1: Yeah. Apparently this was really just deployed to get, the divorce papers kind of finalized she was even willing to give him i forget how much now but like a, a part of the money for for the uh, oh the patent yeah the to patent. waive his rights yeah and and i guess the the whole kind of concocting this theft would have triggered their morals clause and their prenup. Mm-hmm. And then basically dude would have been left without nothing. It would have left him powerless. He would have had to sign or do whatever the
0: heck. He yeah. Wanted. Supposedly it was was all about leverage. You yeah. know, I offered you this, you didn't want to take it, so now we're gonna do this and are you gonna take it now? And then there was even a, a fail-safe plan, supposedly, that if he still refused that they would, um, because like Jay Edgar mentions, well, if, if that were to happen y'all went to court, it, no one would care about the morals clause if he was trying to save his wife. And then she talks about how Agent Maxwell, she's identified him now, put together, she called it a social media package yeah. that would associate him with the sovereigns based on his political beliefs. And then what the sovereigns say, they were going to try to associate them and make it look like he was stealing the cesium to probably, you know, to cause harm so that it really what they could try to prove it wasn't really about her so they it was it was very well thought through and then we find out even more later in the episode some much more serious even thoughts about it
1: sneaky sneaky
0: yeah what about reese's reaction when she's listening there with billets and hears that it's maxwell
2: I mean, she's really upset. I mean, yeah. understandably so. I mean,
0: I, I mean, I thought that was a good scene. She was really shocked. You know, it was, just, it was a disbelief on her part. And they both mentioned, now I got to go talk to Brenner. Now I have to go talk to the chief. You know, this thing is going up the chain of command. And they also have her make a phone call to Maxwell so to get him they're trying to draw him out of course and she says they have to meet you know meet at the apartment it's urgent and of course Beryl is monitoring that phone call it is at that point that they called it I think uh, there was the burner but then before that they Reese got a call on his FBI line about saying he was late because Alicia called
2: him and then he called Reese saying he was going to be late
0: yeah right good yeah thank you Carter so And they saw the two different lines being used and stuff. So it's all matching up with what they, you know, think happened. So I think it's interesting at this point with some conversation between Brenner and Chief Irving, how it kind of looks like the ball is much more firmly in the LAPD camp at this point, like the tables have kind of turned. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because Chief Irving is basically saying what he will be able to tell them. You know, it was very much like I'm driving this now, um, which was not the case before. So they, they head out. They, um, they then see on the phone tap that the burner is moving south. And so could, you know, could Maxwell be trying to head for Mexico or something? They are going to follow that. They're going to get SWAT in place, border troll ready just in case they're going to send sis and swat um, down to where the apartments are and i think Pierce and vega are going to help out with with following all of that but you have j edgar reese and harry walking out and they just they feel like you know that's that could just be a diversion this it's got to be you know that that would be too easy in other words so they decide to go check out by the hotel uh, or by the apartments but they say he's going to be somewhere else looking at the hotel in the ace hotel across yeah. the street of course has great views and they head down there we just get one glimpse of him down there by the hotel and the apartments just sort of in the shadows kind of around the corner watching looking closely at things and they end up at the hotel and learn that he has checked in and um, they haven't seen him leave so they assume he's still there harry is on a call with billets and reese sneaks away to the elevator to go up and approach clifford maxwell uh what happens who wants to talk about what happens next they break down that door reese breaks down the door
2: yeah, I mean Harry sees her, you know, rush off and immediately he's just like, you know, like oh boy, you know, he he's already he told her to stay put, and of course, yeah, she didn't. and yeah, she breaks in and he's gone already. He's out the window yeah. and running across the roof, and then Harry gets up and they all rush in and start chasing him down. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, intense chase sequence, you know. Yeah, on yeah, a high pretty- roof and all these scaffolding and stuff. I mean, it's pretty intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I, I thought that theater that they ended up going through was. Was actually quite beautiful. <laughs> they were doing a, you know, they were trying to hunt yeah. the suspect. But it was, it was like, oh, hey, would be fun to see a play here or something. <laughs> it, was, it was really. Can we just stop and maybe watch <laughs> Act Two or
1: something? You find but, um, the joy in even the worst scene.
0: i like, there that. you go, trying to be positive. But they, um, they, um, they surround him. You know, he gets. They go all the way. Through the hotel, Jay Edgar has stayed back downstairs. So he comes back around the corner. A couple of police cars in, and he's trapped. Jay, tell us how you would describe this scene where he's trapped, he's surrounded, and Reese and Harry are up there on that little balcony.
1: Just what a a very tense, emotional, and for me, it was kind of like a slow motion moment. I don't know about you guys. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. things happen really, really fast, and sometimes you just feel it happen in, in slow motion. But the whole thing was kind of slow motion obviously culminating in poor Reese having to shoot her partner because Mm -hmm. this was this was it there was nowhere else to go he Uh had no way out and obviously wasn't going to give himself up so go out with the blaze of glory and she didn't let that happen she took care of the blaze of glory happened
0: so you felt like he was pulling his gun to shoot
1: I, I, I don't know that he's pulling it to shoot, but maybe pulling it to force the shot from someone else.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I don't think he was just surrendering his gun. I don't think any no, of us thought that. No, I don't that. think he's
1: surrendering at all. I think he knew this was the end. Mm-hmm. I don't. And as much as he wanted the whole divorce thing and he wanted to run away into the sunset with the wife and blah, 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 so he'll... Take mm-hmm. out the ex husband if necessary. He's not going to take out his partner. I don't think he's going to take Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. So I really think it was let me pull out the gun and force them to put an end to this.
0: You know, it's almost like he was living two different lives because you talked about his allegiance to the FBI. Yeah. You know, yes, he would never pull the gun on his partner, we don't think, and all that. Like, he was very hardcore about his job, but he was just apparently madly in love with Alicia Kent, like, almost like he couldn't think straight, you know? And then these worlds merge together, and it just all falls apart. So it was a yeah. very interesting dichotomy there. I mean, you look at him in his job, you wouldn't think he was yeah. the guy who would be head over heels for this woman. So at least I, I didn't, you know, get that impression originally. So yeah, Maxwell is down and then they have to search his house. When Harry and Jagger get there, stuff's missing. Apparently if it was FBI pro- FBI property, they could take it away. And I was like, "Well, that's not fair. It could be evidence there." But, if you really think about it, he's not going to hide evidence on his work stuff, you know. And Harry gets a call from Reese to to meet and talk. You know, she's obviously struggling with everything that went down, and she drops a little info about a sound car that Maxwell had checked out a sound car, so there must be some she thinks there must be some audio somewhere that might implicate him and Alicia even further. more evidence. So now they're you know, but she's like, you didn't hear from me. <laughs> but uh, that little caveat, right. But Harry and Jay Edgar do go back and they search his house again. Talk about looking for a needle in a haystack. You want to talk about that, Carter?
2: I mean, I mean, yeah, it didn't take them really, that long. You really have to check everywhere. I mean, it's, you know, you you stop and think, like, do you ever think that, like, they would just miss something, like, that small? Like, how many things have they missed before that are... Right, that?
0: yeah.
2: I guess they're, you know, pretty good at it at this point. You know, they know what to sure. look for and they do check everything. You know, you see Jerry opening up all the little the little containers or bags mm-hmm. and Jerry's going to the drawer and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I was, when he first grabbed it, I was like, you know... That's, of course, it's in the chapstick, you know, where you wouldn't
1: think to look. But
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's
1: where I keep start. everything I hide, right? In
0: my oh, place. good yes, to know. You just yes. told a bunch of people, nice. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, they're obviously trained and, you know, have experience with that. But I'd just, I just, don't, I don't know if I would ever find it, you know, because I'm the person who have to check everything. I wouldn't know special places to, to maybe look. It, it reminded me, of course, when they were looking for that SD card in season four from What's his name? That guy killed on Angel's flight. Howard Elias. There you go.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Whew. Yeah, it reminded me of that search. And that was an interesting find as well. They've, there's some clever places. Some things have been hidden. So Perry and J. Edgar take the chapstick back to the station. And Harry's going to move on and, and talk to Elizabeth some more about the Daisy case. And, you know, Jerry says, you know, I can take care of this from here. And Carter, do you want to talk a little bit about seeing that chapstick in person?
2: Oh yeah, we that's one of those scenes we saw being filmed is Harry handing Jerry the chapstick and Jerry's taking it inside of the station and we saw them sit in the car and you know they did it a few times like they usually do. And yeah,
0: different and it, angles and you know, from the front, from the side and the back. You know, they kept moving the car forward and then we saw the same two extras walking back and forth, back and forth in the scene. And then when they and were finished,
2: they packed it all up super quick and they were gone. It was like crazy 10 how fast minutes. they moved.
0: It was crazy. It was like ten minutes. We were actually talking to Jamie at the time and we're just chatting. He's really friendly, super nice. And he looked around, he's like, Oh, I think they're waiting for me in the van. They were all waiting for him to go oh, back to the funny. to the set, because this was shot, you know, at the exterior of the police station so of course we're like don't let us hold you up you know but uh
1: way way to hold up production guys this i know released three weeks (laughs) earlier yeah that's it it weren't for you guys
2: wow still it was a a good scene to watch in general because it was it's always fun to watch them you know kind of catch the criminals you know because they are yeah they they knew that her story was yeah because
0: they listened to some of it in the car Mm-hmm. There, but and set, you know, and you hear Alicia Talking saying, "Use using, using stands." She didn't even say gun, but she's like, yeah. "Why don't you use stands?" But and knew. it was interesting because Maxwell did want to believe that they could just use leverage, you know, yeah. and get him to do the divorce. But she was like, "It sounded more like she was ready to do whatever." So Which is the opposite
2: of what she said in the interrogation room. So yep. You no, know, she's caught in a lie already, which is good because they were gonna use Maxwell to try to catch her in a lie, but they you know he's now they don't so. that
0: yeah, exactly. So then we have a few scenes with Elizabeth, an ex-boyfriend Roy, and then Harry makes another visit to Alex. Anybody want to talk about those? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you Jay's me tired you, <laughs> might, you might get a no, you might
0: get a no. <laughs> That's okay. Well first he goes to, does an update with Elizabeth and they're talking and he Roy comes up because Harry got the information that she called home and talked to him, to a guy, apparently, you know, for the pronouns that she used. So he's like, who could that have been? And that's when Roy's name comes up, an old ex of Elizabeth's, and they're not in touch anymore. She says they weren't good for each other and so on. So Harry's like, let me talk to him. But she doesn't. And we finally see, never listen. We finally get the reveal of the big punch in the trailer. Remember, we were trying to figure out who she might have been punching. So she goes and confronts Roy at a bar. And he's not very nice to her from the beginning. And she says, did you talk to Daisy? Why wouldn't you have told me that? And I don't know if he said he did. Or how would you know you were high at the time you wouldn't remember? And it was just, you know, it was an ugly scene and then she she punches him but he basically confirmed that yeah she called and she clocks him and of course the the police come to the site roy's not going to press charges but harry's called to pick up elizabeth and they talk for a while and takes her takes her to a meeting he doesn't just take her home he takes her to like an aa meeting and then, you know, he did ask her, you know, why did you go see him? You know, I was supposed to talk to him, but I understand. I mean, of course she's going to go talk to him. I mean, it's her daughter. This is her whole goal in life at this point. So Harry makes a visit to Roy. Does anybody want to talk about that visit?
1: Uh, isn't this where uh, he learns about the, the whole operation? The yeah. Whole, um,
0: that they, like, that she had a scam. That?
1: Yeah. I guess a
0: scam, a hustle yeah. going with Alex.
1: Yeah, how uh daisy and alex put together this little ruse to get some guys to come visit and find a way to scam them out of all their money so yeah
0: this
1: was this was a pretty big reveal
0: it was yes. information
1: that was definitely needed mm-hmm. so roy tells him that they had
2: an operation and then alex later tells harry what the operation was right yeah alex yeah. gives him
0: more details Confirms it. Yeah. and confirms it yeah but Harry doesn't just tell him kind of that they had a scam going Harry is just so smart he realizes without him saying a word that yeah that Roy was involved as well he's like no it's not that easy you're not just gonna tell me what you know and I walk out of here you were involved too weren't you yeah. and he claimed to be their protection and of course Harry gives him the big jab well where were you the night she died well, no how no were doubt. you protecting her then so, um, yeah, and then when he talks to Alex, he gives him the details about how they use an anonymous email and lure these guys in, these awful guys wanting these awful things. And he would hide in the closet and take pictures, maybe some video, and then catch them. He said, he said she never slept with any of them, but he would come out with the camera and get their license ID, um, pictures of those. And so Harry's like, do you have any of this still? And he's like, oh, no, I deleted everything. Just wanted to get on the straight and narrow, move back home. I deleted it. He's like, do you still have the laptop or what you were saving him on? And he's like, yeah. And they go out to the garage and he pulls it out and he tells him why he kept it. Carter, do you remember why Alex kept it? For some music,
2: apparently. (laughs) Which he he does (laughs) mention that it was before Spotify and that, you know, it was more important back then. But I still thought it was a little risky thing to hold on to yeah what He's, they were doing it, for, using it yeah right? he, so, he um, said he
0: deleted those files, but he kept the the music on there and you know if you've watched any cop shows you know that if you delete it it doesn't mean it's really gone mm-hmm. necessarily but that was pretty funny when I mean it's amazing how they interject humor into these serious. Scenes because you know, he was telling him, Oh, yeah, i was before Spotify and all that. And Harry's just like, Oh, yeah, those were the days, just <laughs> deadpan, you know, like he, he doesn't even he know can... or doesn't care either.
2: He asks if will get it back, and Harry just leaves. You he know, just walks he away.
0: It it's awesome. He just walks away, he gives him like one look, but not even a look that says anything. He just looks him in the face and just turns around and takes it. It's just
2: classic Harry,
0: classic Harry for sure. Let's see, Waylon makes an appearance. At the end, he gets out of jail, and Charlie Dack shows up, and they're going to do another video to put on social media. And we learn later in the episode that they really are calling out the cops and about his experience, why he was unlawfully put in jail and all this stuff. And Jerry emails it to Harry, and Maddie asks if he's worried about it because they're looking at it together there on the balcony. And, you know, he's like, no, you know, they're just... He
2: definitely, definitely seemed nervous to me, though. He said he yeah. wasn't. He seemed like he was concerned. Yeah, he, he, he was. Had just, mm-hmm. He had just told Maddie to stay away from the Alicia Kent case, so he's yeah. nervous about that, you know. And the Sovereigns mentioned Maddie to him earlier in the season, you know, as yeah. kind of almost like a little threat, yeah. or jab or something. So he's, I think he is, you know, more concerned than he usually is. Also, did we talk about that ending with the bomb being shown? Someone oh, was that when they showed like that? Bomb, oh, that's
1: oh, yeah, right, like, Carter. 30 seconds.
2: Or oh my
0: gosh. You're That's, right. Cause Harry says he's not really worried. And you know, when we talked about, he's... yes. That Ugh. was
2: one of the, like the, probably one of the most unsettling or ominous endings. of an episode. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, I mean, these people aren't, we don't, we don't know who, whoever's making it. I mean, must have. It's so, very I serious think,
0: about something. Yeah.
2: I just assume it was most likely the sovereigns. Cause they were talking earlier about like a plan of retaliation. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. So, Right. Yeah, he kind of downplayed it, but yeah, he was, he did seem nervous. I agree with you there. We had another uh, Billets and Vega interaction, another awkward, seemingly awkward interaction that uh, doesn't seem awkward on Billets' end because she's just being friendly to me. She's looking out for her workers saying, why are you working so late? Get out of here, you know, and then she goes to the hospital to see Powers who, do you remember what Powers is doing with his pension, Jay, or Carter? No. I don't He's building know. a pool. He's building a pool. She comes back and tells Vega that he's going to use that money to build a pool. And Vega's like, well, good for him. But, you know, she leaves to go to the hospital and comes back. And Vega's still there. And she says, yeah, I'm trying to do this paperwork. You know, I like to, you know, take my time and do it just right. And she's complimented her on that. And, you know, I wish everybody else was like that. And she's like, tell, tell Rondell Pierce to start pulling his weight. And she mutters under her breath, isn't that your job? And Bill, let hear something. You know, and I'm I'm pretty sure she could tell it was a smart aleck comment. Yeah. She's like, What did you say? Yeah. And and she just said, We'll do, you know. She vega has been good at flipping her story when someone asked her what she said this season. She did it with the captain and then she did it with Billets. But uh yeah, she's still got some kind of axe to grind or something's bothering her. We also learn about she, oh, what were you gonna say?
2: I said I don't know why she won't just talk to her, but I guess, you know, if it's your boss yeah. it could be awkward, you know, I understand. Yeah, I think a lot of
0: people are thinking that, a lot of viewers. Do you think so, Jay? Did you know. get that impression? Do you? Are, were you saying, like, just talk to her? I mean. I would like her
1: to do it. I think you're right. I mean, you know, people are weird when it comes to talking about anything uncomfortable with their bosses. But you would think in the situation when we're talking about police department and having to work together and respecting one another, needing that maybe there'd be that ability to talk. But I don't know. Yeah. It Poor Bill Grace,
2: Grace seems so open with people and you know, she is, you know, like Vega doesn't like how she is kind right. of touchy. She's just very open. Right. I think she is very approachable and it's just kind of but I guess she is newer there too. That's right. To- she
0: hasn't been around her as long. That's a that's a good point, Carter. I think um, we should
1: just fire her. Let's just fire
0: her. <laughs> we just lost another detective.
1: Sorry, um, paris Sorry. <laughs>
0: So Operation Safe Sidewalks, this is something the mayor that the homelessness has come up a lot in the debate that he had last episode. Okay. And it's obviously a, a very pervasive issue in, L- in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. And so he wants to basically, he's calling Operation Safe Sidewalks and work on the crime associated with it, hoping that I think my understanding is hoping that if they can deal with the crime, then maybe they can deal more directly with the people and offering them help instead of having that you know, crime uh, layer as well. So, of course, Captain Cooper says Lieutenant Thorne should do it. Oh, my gosh. Lieutenant Thorne and him must be buddies because, you know, Lieutenant Thorne also thought that they should have axed Crate and Barrel last season. You know, they were on the same page, so, but the chief's like, nope, Billups is going to do it, you know? And what gets me, he's, he, he said that even after Irving said he wanted Billups to be in charge. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he offered it as an option first. Yeah. And then the chief's like, right. actually, I was like, Good grief. So he tells them, he's like, whatever's going on between you two, work it out, figure it out. You know, we're not dealing with this. And also Jenkowski's trying to get, she asked Irving, you know, maybe you could get Honey Chandler to endorse you. And that's, that's interesting for him because obviously the history with the police department and cases and Honey Chandler is a colorful conversation, but you know, he's like, okay. And he, she says, she brings up that he needs to increase his likability with women. So, okay. I like him. I, the yeah. chief. I mean maybe if he smiled a little bit more. Maybe the that smile. Might, yeah, the help. friendliness. It's so funny how they keep going back to the friendliness, you know. He's like, I'm working on it. So all right, guys, uh Carter, what did I leave out? What have we missed? Anything big? Uh,
2: I was thinking when you're talking about Irvin Irving and the operation say sidewalks, he mentioned how he wants to show the community results, not promises. And I think I that's good mm-hmm. for his character and shows, you know, the kind of person he is and he doesn't wanna be the guy who says all these things and then just doesn't follow up on him. he wants to show something already in progress
0: yeah that's a good point yeah he doesn't want to just flash a name and you know words he wants to to see some action behind it so they'll really believe it and i think i think i think it was believable that he's really invested yeah. in this it's a good point
1: yeah i think we covered um, everything all right okay. sweet see you guys later
0: <laughs> i think jay's in a rush to go somewhere and i think it's to go to yeah, sleep <laughs> All right, interrogation room. I don't mind going first. Shall I proceed? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. We did have a scene where J. Edgar's talking, or Harry's talking to J. Edgar. They're talking to each other. And Harry mentions that, because he asked how Reese is doing, and she's like, she's doing all right, you know, after he talked to her. But he says that this is kind of pretty much ruin or squash her career. Like, there's no going to be no forward momentum now in her career. Do you guys think that's true? What do you see in the future for Reese? Oh, yeah, she's done. She's screwed.
1: Yeah. She's screwed. Nobody's okay. going to want to be her partner anymore. She's going to have this cloud over her head, even though she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. She'll be a marked woman. She'll be at a desk forever or get shipped off to Bismarck, North Dakota. No offense to Bismarck, North Dakota, because I actually like North Dakota, but it's in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. That's a bad place for an FBI agent. Uh-huh. It's a tough situation. What, what's she supposed to do, though? You know what I mean? what she's supposed to do
0: yeah she's just so capable that i mean that i I may lean towards believing that could happen too but it's just insane with how capable she is she's the one that kept the glue together between the fbi and the lapd and this. she has like personal skills and tactical skills so it's really hard for me to think of that happening to her but what what do you think carter
2: i guess what's hard in this line of work for these people is you know if they mess up one time you know whether it's something really big or something you know smaller it's it can screw them over a lot so yeah. this is this is a big thing but you know it's had reason for her actions yeah so i think it's possible she could eventually maybe get back up but i mean as we saw with you know eleanor she you know yeah she yeah was barely able to even come back you know mm-hmm. she was just That's starting to when she was killed and like i don't remember exactly what she did but i think that shows like it's hard to come back up after yeah. you mess
0: up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they actually ever mentioned a lot about what she did in the series. You you learn more, you know what happened in the books, but yeah, that was kind of, I think that was kind of vague. All right, who else has a question?
2: I was wondering, and in the scene where Harry and Jerry go and try to, you know, search Maxwell's house, the FBI had taken a lot, and it seems kind of suspicious, you know, how much is missing. Do you think anyone else in the FBI could be compromised? Or did you think that was just kind of, you know how they do things.
0: Oh, that is a good question. Yeah, mm. that's
1: a good question. They're because probably all compromised. You can't trust those. You can, you <laughs> because wasn't
2: them. wasn't Reese very adamant and like, or she seemed very shocked that someone in the FBI could be compromised? Yeah, in general. Yeah. So I was, but I yeah, know.
0: I mean, I, I'm kind of naive, so I just chalked it up to you know, it's FBI property. They have the full rights to that and can take it. But it does sort of lend itself to a more of a, a further conspiracy maybe that someone else could be involved or maybe protect having tried to protect him what do you think jay
1: I, I don't know that there's so much a conspiracy but i'm i'm damn sure that they took away anything that might look iffy that they wouldn't want to be public mm-hmm. domain okay like, had nothing to do with the the case or the issue or You know, they they clean up their own mess. Anything that isn't going to go public public, and anything that doesn't have to go to this investigation is not going to. Yeah,
0: nothing that could possibly tarnish, you know, his reputation anyway, not even not related to the case. Right,
1: right.
0: So, Carter, what's your answer to your own question?
2: I mean, overall, I don't think so because there's already so much going on in this season. It would seem kind of hard to add another element. Right. I mean, at first I thought it was kind of weird, you know, when Reese rushed up the stairs first and then she killed him. I was like, you know, what if she knows something? But then when she told Harry about the sound car, that pretty much made me think that, you know, she's not corrupt or anything. Yeah. But that was a, a quick thought I had, but it didn't last very long.
0: Don't you remember dad was kind of suspecting her? He kept he saying was. stuff like, I wonder if she's involved. So yeah. Rob was uh, suspicious. So.
1: He's probably right. <laughs> He's probably not right. over.
0: All right, Jay, what's your big question? How long
1: before someone busts into Cooper's office and just beats the crap out of him?
0: <laughs> Sooner the better.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Is. I, I have wondered why someone has not I mean, how much restraint do you have to have? It's like they're all tiptoeing around him because they're just, you know, rolling their eyes and,
2: and we've obviously seen Bosch, you know, take action when he is angry against people. Right. Yeah, right. So, and the, um, and
0: the fallout of that. So
2: I guess we don't see him and Bosch interact very much. It seems just like. probably a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he stays away from Bosch because he knows what happened last time.
0: Yeah, and and maybe Harry stays away from him because also because he knows what <laughs> he's capable of in those situations.
2: Yeah, but I I am ready for someone to punch him or do something to him because it's getting it's getting frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. No, I I suspect that you know is more of a rhetorical question, Jay. But yeah, I, you have to wonder.
1: What well, rhetorical wonder. or not? I want Eric Overmyer, Michael Connolly to hear that question, so that way, if it doesn't happen in this season, it happens in the premiere episode.
0: <laughs> there you go. It's Please. documented.
1: <laughs> hey, I need it really. I'm, you know, I realize that he's not a huge part of this episode or really any of the episodes, but man, every time he comes on my screen, I just. <laughs> I just want to reach through the screen and
2: just yeah, yeah. Choking. Oh, I get you.
0: I oh, feel
1: you. Nothing, nothing redeeming
0: about him. I don't think
1: there,
2: you're no.
0: right. There isn't. <laughs> so yeah, if if any of the powers that be are wondering how the viewers are feeling about him, I, th- I think we've made it pretty clear. All right, person of interest, who wants to go first on that? I can go first. Okay. Go ahead.
2: I was definitely going to say um, Reese, just because I mean, I mean, how much bigger a moment can you have than? having to take out your partner true you know, no matter the circumstances so mm-hmm. you know and her giving that reveal about the sound car was pretty big you know for the story pushing mm-hmm. things forward. And even though she hasn't had i mean she's had a pretty big role in the season but i think this was like you know her big episode Yeah, a lot of big yeah. moments for her yeah for sure it's just so heartbreaking too i mean because she starts the episode on the part of the spectrum where she's like no no one can be bad no one could be compromised having to kill her own partner. Mm-hmm. You know, of all, the, of all the people that could have been compromised when he said that to her, it was her partner too. It's just, it really is heartbreaking.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It really, exactly. And look at all the action she had this, this mm-hmm. episode too, taking the door down, you know, climbing over walls, the chase scene and everything. And yeah, she had to know how to hold that firearm too. Yep. That's a, that's a good one. How about you, Jay?
1: I'm going to go with uh, Alex. Okay. just because I mean, the laptop is kind of a big deal, like and and confirming the entire story about the scam and what they would do and how they would do it. This is a big, 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 big bunch of information for this Daisy Clayton case. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about this guy from where he was to where he is now and having to relive it and stuff. Like, uh-huh, I'm uncomfortable watching him on screen. me
0: too. you know me what too. I mean?
1: Yes, and he does that so well to make me feel yeah. uncomfortable like that that uh-huh. even though this is just one piece of the episode and one piece of the story for the season, I'm gonna give it to him this,
0: this oh, oh, I buy that. I definitely buy that because my person of interest was Roy, and oh, I think for a lot true. of the same reasons because he kind of tied he kind of tied Daisy and Alex together. I mean, we knew that they ran together and stuff, but he, you know, had the, he revealed the story about the scam that they were running and he had actually talked to Daisy, you know, near the time of her death. So it just, it kind of like, I felt like it got them close, got the story closer and got Harry closer to more information. It's just really a, you know, a pivotal reveal that kind of gives more momentum to the investigation. Um, Another path to go down so, he, yeah, he just I thought he was an interesting character to kind of tie some other pieces together that we were running up against roadblocks with John McMullen mm-hmm. and, you know, other things.
2: I think both those characters also just have, like, obviously just have so much baggage, like, in just the way they yeah. act. Like, yeah. I mean, they're acting in a way that you can just, just, like, Harry could tell that, you know, Roy was involved with their scam. And yeah. you know, Alex always seemed like he was holding something back. Yeah, point. yeah. Like, it's just obvious that they've both, you know, been through a lot.
0: yeah. No, I agree. All right, evidence locker. Got quite a few things. I mean, just like we were talking about the scam and going down that path of the investigation. The laptop, we're gonna see what comes from that. The sound card. I mean, we got a lot of information yeah. from the Kent story from the beginning, just to half yeah. of the episode. You know, it went from hmm, she says this to oh, now she's talking about Stan's gun and actually bringing Maxwell down. I did not envision that happening in this episode. Right. Um, I thought it would drag out not drag out as in boring, but I I thought it would take longer. So anything else? Did you talk about that at
2: all, about Craver and Maxwell and the photograph that he sent? Oh, that's
0: right. We kind of left that out. Yeah, when they were looking, they didn't find anything the first time they searched the house, but then they did finally get Stuff back from his phone from the tech people or whatever, and that's when they saw like all his messages, lovey dovey, and was just like we said, head over heels for her. And we saw that picture. You're right of Maxwell talking to Craver, and they started to think, oh, he probably sent this to someone to blow Craver's cover. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. So,
2: so they they think that Maxwell may have killed Craver also. So they're running that. Yeah,
0: I think they're. Yeah, I think they think that, but they also think that maybe he had the photo to try to make it look like someone else did, you know, kind of putting the two together, like which, which side are you going to believe? So yeah, good, good job bringing that up. All right. Tip line. We like anyone who is interested to send us feedback at, uh, you can use the email Bosch at so many shows.com. You can type out an email to us, feel free to record a voice memo and email that to us that we could put on the podcast, whichever, you prefer, but we love hearing what you think about the series. And I think we have a couple tonight, don't we, Jay?
1: That we do. All yeah. right. We have uh, Mike from uh, the Bosch pit. And mm-hmm. have a sister teacher from Twitter. And they both actually sent in stuff about episodes five and six. So I'm just going to throw five out there real quick. and Okay. The, uh, six. Uh, about episode five, Mike writes, uh, he'd like to make a quick comment about episode five. He loved how Troy Evans was used in this episode. Uh, when he found out about Roger's passing away, the scene in the bar afterwards, when he took Oh, yeah. To an empty spot. His facial expressions in that scene just all the feels one could have in remembering a dear friend. One moment smiling on a memory, the next moment saddened that his friend is gone. That was a good uh, emotional scene.
0: I like how he he reminded us that it was more than one emotion in that scene too. Yeah. It wasn't just sadness. He you could see that he had you could see that fondness for his friend and the memories. You know, he toasted him basically. You yeah, know, with the two. Shot glasses, but then you could see
1: all the sadness too. And then teach teacher about season five, or season five, episode five. (laughs) It was a loaded episode. Harry started right with Brenner telling him to come to him if he has any problems. He continues to distrust the FBI. Go figure. Uh, He's a picture of Daisy on his desk as the preacher has on his wall. The reminders people use. It was good he interviewed the friend instead of interrogating. Pearson Vega considered the murder of the homeless man as a hostile takeover. Crate and Barrel stole the case from them, despite them looking for their help. The episode was titled Money, Honey. She's good at what she does and needs to be compensated as such. I don't even know if she needs all those money. <laughs> okay, okay. Harry seems to still have a problem with her, despite how she defended him. She is cool and not moved at all by Harry. Uh, Mr. Wise is just as fixed as Jerry on a grill. Jerry is going to get him. Who knew Chief Irving was getting married? Was it a shotgun wedding? <laughs> I guess so, because I, I didn't get an invite. Did you guys get an invite? Well, you were on I, set. Did you get an invite to the no, invite? No, not
0: even there. I was there and didn't get <laughs>
1: <it>. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to uh, episode six from these guys. Uh, Mike, so many moving parts in this episode. Alicia Kent pinning everything on Agent Maxwell. Shameful. Agent Reese pulling a Bosch and going up to the hotel room by herself true just like a good point kid. and then Bosch chastising her for her carelessness the chase through the theater love the scenes in the rafter area of the theater whoever scouts the locations for the show deserves so much more credit All right who's the location scout well we gotta get that person's name we gotta that
0: find idea. that person we need to talk to him good <coughs> ideas right just a teacher
1: the thing that struck me as odd or made me think something was going on the first time i saw it was the look reese gave maxwell before shooting him was it a secret unspoken agreement between the two of them? Hmm. All right, I need to go back and see that look on her face.
0: Turn well, that. you did talk about how it almost seemed slow-mo. It wasn't slow-mo, yeah. but there was a lot in those few seconds. That's an a interesting take.
1: Was she aware of some of his involvement with the extracurricular activities? Nah. Of course, those questions aren't answered in this episode, but that's another reason to love this show. Not everything gets wrapped up in a bow by the end of each episode. After watching that exchange a few times over, maybe it was an unspoken goodbye that she knew he had preferred the grave and not jail or prison. Suicide by cop. That's kind of what I was talking about. Bosch and Edgar getting the audio files from Maxwell's apartment from a tip by Reese that he had checked one out, implicating Alicia Kent in having knowledge or in the planning that her husband was going to possibly be killed. Bosch getting the info from Roy Lewis about the scam Daisy and Alex were into, which leads to a laptop that Alex kept with some possible video of the people being scammed. So many answers tips quote-unquote from this episode gets most of the puzzle pieces falling into the right places just another fantastic episode in this incredible show and Good then feedback. Uh, uh sister teacher uh see your episode six focused on the murder case i think mrs kent is guilty she is smart and educated And a pain in the butt. I'll throw that in there. She didn't write that. I did. The information that implicated her was on a ChapStick USB drive. It was a great place to hide information. That's why I do that, too. Chief Irving asserted himself with the FBI and let them know who was in charge of this case. Because we love Chief Irving. The way Reese and Maxwell looked at each other was as if there was an unspoken agreement and she had to kill him. It looked bad, but was it really bad? Hmm. With Clayton, don't play. She punched him right in the eye. Called Bosch for help, and he's getting to the bottom of it all. I'd also like to add while reading her feedback that while you guys were on set, uh, I got to hang out with sister teachers. So take that.
0: Okay. There you go. I I can't say that.
1: Right. So and, see.
0: boy, she gives some good commentary.
1: Right. So, you know, you can have Titus. I got okay.
0: Cool. Okay. All right. Fair.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a really good episode. I mean, it sounds yeah. like people agree. I mean, it was like that action, emotion. Reveals. I mean, had all had it all. I think. Yeah. I think.
0: All right. Anything else we need to share before we get on to Julianne Emery's interview? She was very nice. Yes, she was. Very nice. And she had um she had one of the long sleeve Everybody Counts shirts that she showed us. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if nothing else, we'll be back talking about episode seven. See you later. See ya. Bye.
3: Hi, I am Julianne Emery. I play Special Agent Sylvia Reese of the FBI on Bosch Season 6. And I believe everybody counts or nobody counts.
0: get started. We want to know what you can tell us about the Bosch
3: softball team and how you all did last summer. <laughs> oh, was- I, I should have gotten my Bosch shirt out. Yeah. It's literally in the closet <laughs> in the next room. My my, my softball shirt. Yeah. So I would say we we were successful in a middling kind of way. We kind of finished the season in the middle. Now, this was the first season Bosch had a softball team. Okay. One of our grips, our key grip, Carlos, uh-huh. decided we should have one. And and I, I play oh. softball in several leagues in New York. So I was like, I'll play. So it's men and women yeah. both. And and it was really fun I like it because it's fun. I, it was really nice to be with a crew. yeah. Mm-hmm. in that way, you know, to like be with them mm-hmm. off the set, hanging out in a nice, it was really great to be, we're always on the same team on set, but it was nice to, I don't know, take that teamwork yeah. out so, to the next level. And I know you're yes, from Tennessee. So yes.
0: how is it playing softball in the summer in LA? Is it, is it better if you don't have that humidity as much, right?
3: It's not as humid. I don't know how it was where you grew up. Like uh-huh. where I, when I grew up, where I grew up, church softball was real hardcore. Yeah. Like yeah. that was the most competitive and yeah. the most hardcore. Oddly. And then I played at school for school and then I played like on summer league. So it was, I I think it's just, it's culturally different here. And this is also, we were in the media league. So there's a lot of rules in this league that are based around everybody has to go to work on a set on Monday. So you can't get hurt. I mean, it's just, you can't like break your first AD's leg or anything, you know, like there's no sliding, there's no, so
0: I it's, see. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But on the, so on the one hand you're like, Oh, this is not as hardcore. Cause I, I used to slide a lot and get strawberries on my legs and I'm mm-hmm. so Southern already, but this is, but you do, if you break one of those rules, it's an out. And for some of them it's two outs. So oh, okay. in some ways it's a little less physically hardcore, but in other ways serious. it's, it's yeah. worse. Yeah. It's yeah. Serious, yeah. Okay. yeah. for okay. sure. Yeah, that makes that, that yeah. Makes that It's cool. a good community thing, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's sure. Always play always ball, is. right? Yeah, I always yeah. jump on a team if I can. Cool. Yeah, and I was thrilled to play with Josh. Yeah, and the producers would come out and see us every now and then play a game, and it was good. Yeah. It was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, from softball <laughs> to law enforcement. For yes. you, what's uh, both the best thing and your least favorite thing about playing someone? In law enforcement I don't
3: know if I have i I have played i we call them girls with guns right like I've played a lot of I've played quite a bit of law enforcement I've played an FBI agent before in my first series I've played Secret Service I've played cops I've played I, I've kind of run the gamut I haven't played CIA no that's not true I did an episode of alias and I was CIA I think I've kind of run the gamut in the law enforcement way but I like, I like law enforcement. I like, I like the kind of woman that chooses to go into law enforcement because it's still predominantly a man's world. Mm -hmm. I think that's getting better in numbers in real life, but I think it takes a very specific person on the inside. I, I build my character's like from childhood up and from the inside out. So for me, it speaks a lot to who who the person is and how they sure. navigate that on a daily okay. basis. Yeah. Okay. I also like that there's a discipline to a person who's in law enforcement, that there there is procedure, there are, you, you do have training, you have, and we always have LAPD detectives on set mm-hmm. for, I'm sure you met one of them when you were there, Tracy. I like having the consultants. I like learning, I don't know, I, I I like learning procedure. I like learning how to clear a room again. I like knowing the difference between how the LAPD clears a room and how the FBI clears a room. Like, I like that aspect of things a lot. And it also, you know, it automatically ups the stakes um, Mm -hmm. on whatever you're doing, which I think is helpful. Like just even walking around as a cop or as an FBI agent in this case, Mm -hmm. anytime you're I don't know how much you guys know about the FBI. When you're FBI, you are required to carry your weapon 24 hours a day. And that just kind of ups the stakes on your life, I think. I think that's I don't think anyone does that casually. I think yeah. So it's I like it. I think it's interesting. Okay. I like the physical aspect of it too, you know.
0: You got that in there as well. I was yeah. going to say I, I was able to talk to Mitzi and Tim a couple of seasons ago, yeah. and yeah, it's just fascinating to me to learn how they, you know, consult with you guys and just all the little tiny things that the directors or you know may ask them: Would we do this or not do this? Would this be, you know, yeah. how would this be arranged? And they,
3: yeah. you know. Mitzi and Tim, are amazing, uh, they're, and they are so automatically part of the team on Bosch. I mean, I have right. the great virtue of coming in on season six when that relationship is already very established for mm-hmm. them, and like. There's a there's a scene early on I think it's in episode 2 where we go in and clear an apartment and Tim blocked that scene for us okay. and then the director and, and said, "I need this to happen faster, or can this be different, or can that be different?" But Tim had control of how we did that. So on um, Bosch, you know, I have an aunt who's an ADA here in Los Angeles, and she says Bosch is the closest to actual police work of any show she's ever seen. And okay. I, I think that's a big part of the reason why. I think the consultants on the show have a massive uh, amount of say and a massive. They're they're really listened to and honored on, on Bosch. That's great.
0: That's great. Well, I'm curious. What would you say? Do Reese's loyalties lie more with the bureau or the individual person? That's interesting.
3: You know, I was—I've been thinking about Reese a lot because we're starting to do some interviews and I'm starting yeah. to talk about her to people outside the show a bit. <laughs> and I think Reese's loyalties lie to. Well, this is going to sound weird. They align similarly with Bosch's. They—they they lie with truth and justice and yeah. getting the job done. On on Bosch, I think she's different than a lot of the FBI agents Bosch has encountered. Her interest is in the case and Mm -hmm. she will do whatever it takes to, to solve the case, to save people, to, you know, to, well, in this case, it's a a dirty bomb that's already in the, um, in the trailers, but she's, I I also said about her superpower is she's a de-escalator. And I think that comes heavily into play in with Bosch's relationship with the rest of the FBI mm-hmm. and with her. So there's, she walks kind of a middle
0: ground. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Oh. So you yourself, you've been quoted as saying, I like to work with people who push me to be better to elevate my game. How sure. has, how has Bosch done that for you?
3: So, I think the Bosch world is very dedicated to, this is going to sound odd because it's a cop show, and this season I do feel like is has a lot of drama to it, but they're very dedicated to naturalism and to what would actually mm-hmm. happen right now. Right. They're very dedicated to the Hollywood Police Department and what that feeling is, what that vibe is what actually happens on a case. And I just came, I mean, three weeks before we started shooting, I wrapped season four of Preacher, which is a big comic book series right. that's not necessarily right. dedicated to real time, yeah. right? So I, I think I think this was was a great world for me to step into after that. Okay. So, yeah, and they also... The actors on Bosch never push. I'm, I'm trying to think if this is too act too geeky actor of a of, of a thing to say, but they let the camera come to them and they don't push. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that's always valuable in the arsenal, and it always pushed me to go there as well.
0: Sweet, sure, okay, okay, yeah. very good. Well, you alluded to some of these traits possibly earlier, but which of Reese's traits contribute most to her being so capable as an agent? You mentioned the de-escalation, the ability to do that. Is there anything else that you would...
3: Yeah, she's very level-headed. Like I said, she's less about her own ego or about how she's feeling Mm -hmm. than she is about solving the case, getting things done in a good way. Like she's... I think a lot of the FBI, particularly on Bosch, are more dedicated to the Bureau than they are necessarily to the case at hand, and that's not Reese. Okay, that makes sense.
1: One more question about... You, do you ever watch the scenes for your castmates, maybe when you are not in the scene, just to kind of see what and how they're doing? And if so, does that help you kind of inform some of your own choices when you are in scene? Or does doing something like that almost complicate your focus?
3: Okay, this is a a great process question. And now I don't feel so bad about the geeky actor comments before. Um, So We're pretty geeky. Yeah, all all, all actors work differently and feel differently about this. I don't sit in my trailer well. So if I'm not in a scene, I'm always on set watching, always, 100%. Mm -hmm. If I'm on a new show, like my first episode of Bosch, I make every effort to come to set early so I can watch both the actors and the tone of what's happening. And so I can watch the director. You have a new director every episode. So I love to come early with each new director and watch them direct the other actors and sort of what their dynamic is and how they're Mm -hmm. working. And absolutely, I mean, I'll go you on further than that. I I had been watching Bosch. Annie Wershing is a a dear friend. She was on season Mm -hmm. one. And I had been watching Bosch from the beginning and I went back and did a rewatch before we started so that I would be up to date. And I'm so glad I did because in the, even in that first episode, I make a comment about Bosch's run in with the FBI. And when our writer on the day came up to me, he's like, do you know what this is? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's about his wife. And he's like, oh uh, yeah. So I like as much information uh, both about how my fellow actors are going to play it and about the show itself as I can mm-hmm. possibly get before.
0: Very smart, very smart. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's very well, Reese. That's a very Reese. <laughs> yeah, it just question. goes right <laughs> with, with the personality. Very character centric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we usually end off our interviews with something pretty light or silly, even. And this year we've decided to make it even a little more competitive with your fellow castmates. Oh. So we have three questions, and we don't expect you to know the answer. We don't know the answer. I don't know that anybody really knows until we actually. Jay and I sit down and count them. But the first one is, how many times do you think in season six, someone will mention Jerry's clothes, Jay Edgar's clothes, his wardrobe? <laughs> hmm.
3: I mean, in my experience on set seven or eight, but I'm, I'm going to say 15. How about that? It's 15, that's high. okay. I'm sure that's high. No, well, it's not it's, the highest okay. guess. Okay. It's
1: <laughs> not the highest guess. And
3: okay. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this: Jamie's wardrobe is. I mentioned Jamie's wardrobe quite a lot off camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, an, it's he's a hot the, topic. He's yeah. the clothes horse of Bo, of
1: Bosh mm, for sure. Definitely, uh, yeah. that's pretty funny.
0: Absolutely.
1: Question number two. Yes. Number two. Chief Irving is known for muttering under his breath, or whispering, or even exclaiming <laughs> yeah. "Bosh." How many times? Bosch. <laughs> That was pretty good. How many times in season six will we find Chief Irving muttering, screaming, or uttering Bosh?
3: Oh, you know, I feel like this number is higher in previous seasons than this season. I feel like this season nine. That's a good answer.
1: I like it. Okay. Yeah. I
3: definitely don't think it happens once an episode. Yeah. This season's (laughs) a little different that way. Dynamic wise. Yeah.
0: The last one consider is how many times will Coltrane be in a scene in season six? Oh,
3: I'm going to say let's, cause it's interesting because sometimes he's written into the scenes and sometimes he's just there and I'm not there for those scenes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, sometimes yeah. it's an ad that's not necessarily right. scripted. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess 17. Okay, 17. Yeah. I right. hope we see him that much. I like Coltrane in there. I do too. Mm-hmm. That's probably high. But I feel like he's definitely utilized this okay. season. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. I like it. Very good. Not too heavy. Okay. Oh, look at that. It has the
3: shirt and oh, everything. Love
0: it. Very good. I got mine. I almost, nice. I almost cool. wore it, but. Yeah. Oh, you got the long sleeve one. Cool. I do.
3: I love it so much. Nice. I love it. I wear it all the time. perfect time of
0: year for it here yeah yeah definitely thank you so much we're really excited about seeing what's up with reese and just being able to talk to you and pick your brain a little bit it's been we really appreciate it awesome thank you so much for including me i really appreciate it absolutely
1: always thanks for your time you're awesome take care
3: enjoy the season bye
1: Bye -bye.
0: bye-bye